Well, welcome to the Church Explained podcast, a conversation to grow your leadership and build your church. I'm Dave McKeown. And I'm Nathan Benger, and uh, we're the host on the Church Explained podcast, and today yeah. we're joined again. It's been a while. A long Paul line. Benger, who while. is a lead pastor of Icon Church. And uh, so, Paul, why don't you tell us... I mean, it says here what you've been up to since you were last on, but it's been a while. So why don't you tell us what you've been up to in that interim? I guess a lot, really. (laughs) I I can't remember when the last time I I was on, but we've uh, both as a church and, uh, you know, ground level network of churches, which I lead. We've had lots of stuff like leaders conferences and different things Mm -hmm. going on. Personally, I've been up to trying to become a better golfer, but Ooh, that's not, not working. That's not, it's not working. <laughs> Keep that quiet. What we uh, score on Monday? Uh, let's not mention that. <laughs> and then um, also doing a little bit of barbecuing, oh. a bit of smoking. Mm, so nice. I've been nice. In, Smo- smoking, bar- barbecue, not smoking. Not smoking. No. No. Okay, we'll just uh, clarify, clarify that. Yes, yeah, sm- <laughs> smoking meat on the barbecue. Yeah, yeah. So I've been enjoying that. I've got some successes and I've had some that, weren't as successful, but Wonderful. yeah, I've enjoyed the I've enjoyed the journey. And what's your biggest biggest success on that? My biggest success, I would think, was uh, I smoked uh, what they call a Thor's hammer. Oh yeah, okay. Which is the shim shim bone and meat and massive pieces of meat. Beef, beef, yeah, nice. and uh, that would be the biggest success, I would think. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, leave your failure. Yeah. You don't have to tell us yeah, about that. No. And anything else you've been up to? Uh, any painting? Right. Sometimes you do. No, I've not done any painting. Oh wow! No, I've not done any oh. any painting. I have got a um, a painting on order, but I, oh. I, I have to fit, get in the feel. I have to feel for it. So. Right, you gotta get the and vibe. A, yeah, person's not in a rush, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. there's no deadline. No deadline. <laughs> Brilliant. Great. Well, you've been uh, recently. You've been talking to our staff and team about this idea of uh, the integrated church. And um, you've kind of uh, titled it a post-pandemic vision uh, for the church. So on this episode, we kind of want to take a deep dive into this. What does that mean? And also how it can help churches uh, navigate this season. So I I wonder if you could just give us like a snapshot uh, of what that looks like. What What do you mean by an integrated church? Well, maybe if I start with where it, got born out of the the idea so like 2020 here in the uk and i know we've got listeners all over the world but in the uk we got locked down because of the pandemic and um uh, churches in that period um there were lots of lots of noise i i call it lots of ideas lots of thoughts we need to focus more on discipleship we need to think more the future's communal the future's smaller mm. um lots of there was lots of noise around things like you know the mega church there the mega church is o- over attractional church is over i'm done with attractional church people were saying etc and I, I was just kind of listening to all this noise around in the church and um for me, you know, there were three areas where people were talking, like church being attractional, that mm. was being dismissed quite uh, significantly by a lot of voices, significant voices. Um, then there was church, the future of church should be communal, the community side. They used, they some churches looked at, um, I think it's called the Dunbar 
uh, rate, which is like up to 150 people, is like mm. a communal group, uh, an effective communal group. And then there was the intimate, the smaller group, and lots, lots of noise was around the future's communal and the future's intimate, mm. etc. And um, I, for me, I was thinking, why do we have to choose? Yeah. Why do we have to choose? And so, you know, I began to just play. I kept quiet for quite a while, for about 18 months, and I just began to think through. There's this sense of the church being attractional, communal, and intimate. And as I heard people talk about it, I, I thought, well, yes, I, we want the church to be communal. Absolutely, groups that are mm. working and uh, of a size that work, but and we want it to be intimate, where there's that discipleship, that mm. closer, closer knit, that personal real personal connection potentially mm. for people but also I couldn't get past the fact that on the day of Pentecost when the church is born 3,000 people are added mm. so there's something large and attractional about the church mm. as well and throughout history yeah. you know that that's been 2,000 years of the church's history has been uh, a balance I guess if that's the right word of all three mm. so I wanted to come back to that why do we have to choose why why do we have to, you know, swing from one thing to another? Why yeah. do yeah. why do we have to dismiss something yeah. because we're emphasizing something else? So that's where the idea of the integrated church, yeah. let's have it all, yeah. came from. Yeah. I mean, that's very uh, powerful and very timely, I think, for lots of churches who are listening. Because mm. I, I guess through the pandemic and even coming out of it, lots of churches have chosen to go for either one model or the yeah. other. Yeah. And I know that was the big tension you were thinking through, like, you know, what, why are people choosing? And you, you, you brought some, I think, some insights to us as a staff team and a group of leaders around why that was. Do you want to mention maybe a little bit about that, why people are choosing? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, one of them, I, like, so I, I think one of, the, um, one of the challenges I faced as I listened was, it wasn't that people were just saying we want to emphasize communal mm. or intimate. It was that they were dismissing yeah. other views. Yeah. That was the they were tension going for, one, for me. Leave an idea there. Yeah, it was like we're done with yeah. mega church, mm. or we're done with attractional mm. church, or we're done with this and and that. And it was almost like a dismissing and a downgrading and mm. a down talking of others. And mm. I didn't like that. And that, so I began to ask the question: Why do we do that? And I mean, the first is uh, I say this with a, a little bit of a smile. Well, we, we do it because we're Protestant. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, we're in a Protestant tradition 500 years ago, of course. Thankfully, Martin Luther protested against, uh, you know, the indulgences that were happening in the Catholic yeah. Church. Yeah. And he, yeah. he nailed his um, thesis, 95 thesis, to that door in Wittenberg, was it? <laughs> and uh, And, you know, the Protestant Church in many ways was born out of that but it's interesting up until that time there was like almost two strands of the church yeah. the orthodox church and the catholic church mm. since that time we've kept protesting yeah and created when i first did this research it was thirty five thousand four hundred and ninety six <laughs> different denominations wow. so one reason we do this one reason that if i'm emphasizing this i have to dismiss what you're emphasizing mm. is that because we're in a tradition that protests. We yeah, protest yeah. What, what, whatever, it, whatever it is. But the other reason is because we're human. Yeah. And since the fall, as human beings, we've been in that blame game and that shame game mm. where, you know, Adam blames God, the woman you gave me. He blames the woman, the woman. 
he's naked and ashamed and he's hiding. So he's, he's, he's not got this real, his relationship with God right. He's not got mm. his relationship with himself right. He's not got his relationship with the woman and others right. And he's not got the, his relationship with creation right. Yeah. And, um, and so because of that humanity, we always look to divide rather than unite. And, yeah. you know, there's, a, there's an instance of this which uh, I've used in some of the teaching in uh, in the early church, in the sure. book of Corinthians, yeah, where yeah, people example. says, I follow Paul, mm. I follow Apollos, another, mm. I follow Cephas, Peter. And Paul says, when you do that, you're just being mere human. Mm. You're being human beings. He even links oh. it back to the fact of that humanity, that fallen humanity. And his answer to that is, he says this, it's in 1 Corinthians 3, 21 to 23. He says, no more boasting then about human leaders. All things are yours. Mm. Whether it's Paul, Apollos, Cephas, whether it's life or death, the world, the present or the future, it all belongs to you. Mm. And you belong to Christ and Christ belongs to God. Mm. And so he uses this argument <clears throat> that it's all ours. Yeah. And that really is the foundation for me thinking, well, if we're going to think about intimacy, in church, yeah, we want to see intimate, intimacy. Mm. We want to see discipleship. We want to see people really Great. connecting yeah, with yeah. other people. We yeah. want to see communities that work. Mm. Where, you know, you know, and if the optimum size is 150, 120 to 150, then we want to see that. But we also want to see 3,000 people saved on the yeah. day of Pentecost. We want to see, yeah. you know, I, when people say the day of the mega church is over, I just think we need more yeah. mm. large churches to impact and influence. Yeah. Uh, communities, towns, cities, mm. where we live. So, can't, isn't it all ours? Mm. Yeah. That's my basic premise, I guess, in this. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, we're talking about these three kind of strands, and uh, people pick, like, it's either this or it's that. And, uh, you know, in even in those verses, it's all yours, um, that we want to have all of those things. So, I, I guess, uh, for church leaders and people who are thinking, uh you know, I'm just thinking through churches that would say, oh, this is our focus now. I, I guess for a lot of churches, they would go, well, this is it, yeah. and dismiss the others. Is there a better response around that idea of, you know, because many times when people choose that, they dismiss churches that are doing the opposite. Sorry if you got a bang there. I'm using my hands yeah. to talk here. Um, but uh, they dismiss the opposite. So is there a better response as the church? Yeah, and I think that for me, the better response is don't dismiss. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm, <clears throat> instead of protesting, what can we celebrate? Mm. So, yeah, I recently visited a church that was in our network. It's in a, a, a small village. I mean, the, it literally has two buses that come into the village and go out. The village wow. has one in the morning, and then that bus comes back in the afternoon and goes out. I mean, mm. it, it, I literally, and it, it, it's a church. And their focus is communal. Mm. You know, in, in that village, they're never going to be a mega church, as you know, is what defined as a mega church. Yeah. But they are doing so much in the community. Mm. They're like the center. They're like the hub mm. of the community. So many things are happening in the building that they have. Their services, you know, their uh, percentage-wise, the number of people from that community that attend the church would be far greater than the percentage of people that attend any of our yeah. campuses as Icon Church. Um, and so they're always, their focus is going to be the communal and the intimate. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, and not so much the, 
you know, the the attractional in the sense of the mega. Yeah, yeah. And I want to celebrate that. Yeah. And I want to celebrate that. Now, what would be wrong for them would, would be to dismiss the the mega, yeah. the big, the attractional, the large, um, which they, as a church, they don't do. Mm. And so I think the better response is to have that sense, what's God calling me to do? Mm. Focus on that, move that forward, but at the same time, celebrate what God is calling other people mm. to do. Great. And and I think if we if we could do that within the church, mm. you know, and well, maybe we'd have to stop some conferences because some of our conferences <laughs> are like not more about what God is saying to us to do. They're more about dismissing what God is telling yeah, others to yeah. do. Do you know what I mean? I, I just would love uh, to see the church rise up with a sense of celebration and support yeah. and prayer for one another, care for one another. Mm. And just back to that, it's all ours. Yeah. It's, it's, all, it's all ours. But even in a communal in a community church, like I've just described, they want to be attractive to their community. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the mega it might be off the table, but they don't want to be unattractive. No. And that's the key, really, isn't it? Do yeah. they? I mean, what's the opposite? That's <laughs> exactly. The, yeah. yeah. So, so even there, it's all theirs. Even the attractional relates mm. to them. Do, do you think that's because we've use these words attractional and we've linked them to a, a picture yeah, yeah and a view of what yeah. that church looks like rather than rather than a context of where we are so we were using the example of that church attractional yeah. in that context looks very different to attractional in a big city totally. so yeah. so it, it's not that we're not attractional yeah. it's just that how we've painted the picture of this is what attractional looks like yeah, yeah. And I think sometimes that is, we don't think through, we don't think through our thoughts, mm. uh, our words, and our ideas. So, mm. for example, I joke, and it's a bit simplistic, but it's not, it's not too far away from the truth. I joke that some people think an attractional church is a church with an LED screen and a smoke machine. Yeah. People write articles against smoke machines. <laughs> I, I, what's the smoke machine ever done to you? I mean, what, I, yeah, well, yeah. what's the smoke machine ever done to offend you? Yeah. And, you know, we all know what they're, they're getting at, I guess, in some of that. But people also wrote, wrote articles against, um, you know, um, back in the day against stained glass windows. Yeah. Mm. And uh, I read recently, in fact, I wish I brought this quote with me um, for this. I, I'd, forgot, I'd forgotten about it till we were just talking. I wrote recently um, a paragraph where um, some, uh, someone was writing against modern music, modern songs, mm. etc. in church. And it just sounded like somebody was talking today against like modern worship, contemporary mm. worship kind of thing. But they were they were criticizing Isaac Watts. Wow! Like years ago, wow. and like not just ten, twenty years ago, yeah. like hundreds, hundreds of years ago. Hundreds of years ago, mm -hmm. they were writing back then. So people have always done, always, always done that. And so you're absolutely right. Attractional in different settings looks very different. Mm. But what I I think um, we've got to think through what we say and how we approach things. More because attract and att being attractive is not about having an LED screen or a smoke machine mm. or a large auditorium. You, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Or, but it could be those things. It could be those things. It could be those. It could be those things. But it's actually mm. wanting to be 
a church that can um, uh, be relevant yeah. to reach yeah. people. And and in that, we're not compromising. You know, one of the things I've been saying, um, you know, s through this teaching is we want to take, we take it as read that we are, you know, spirit-filled yeah. people. Yeah. We want to be spirit-filled. Uh, where that we want to reach our communities, mm, yeah. we Bible believe in, etc. So we don't want to compromise any of those core yeah. values, if you like, or that are in the life of the church and have been for 2,000 mm. years. But we want to do church in a way that is relevant yeah. to the people where we live, the generation that we're a part of. Mm. Yeah, I mean, great, great answers are and great thoughts around that idea of um, having it all. Yeah. And maybe something around just exploring that together because, you know, one of the things we've been saying really, and you've been saying even to our staff and team, is like often people will criticise, they will, you know, polarise one from the other. Yeah. And I suppose I'm thinking of a lot of listeners out there, maybe people are listening and are thinking, well, you know, we made a big shift during during yeah. the pandemic. We, we went this way, we went that way. Mm. What have we done? Because there's been a lot of that. There's a lot of churches who have retracted. They've, yes. they've gone down one route and then they've mm. realized, actually, you know, we should have just stayed where we are. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we're just trying to think, even in our contacts or maybe churches similar to us, um, there is a better response. You've been sharing about, but, but how does that work together? Thinking of the three things working together. Yeah. What's your insights on that, Paul? Well, I think, I think you're, you're right in saying, I think what I've been trying to dig into is what is a better response. Yeah. Then maybe to some of what I, I saw, which were big swings and big mm. shifts. Pendulum effect. Pe pendulum and also on, and ditching. Yeah. You know, so, you know, we, we heard of churches, we're never going to meet on Sundays again. I mean, mm. they retracted, retracted pretty quickly from that when they realized lots of people, you know, weren't showing up and more than what. Most churches have experienced. Yeah. I mean, most churches have experienced because people were in that routine of turning yeah, up beforehand. They were, and people soon come back to that, don't they? Yeah, and so I think the better, you know, the better res response mm. for me has been to celebrate, uh, celebrate all of it um, in ter in terms of you know I, I looked at the the book of Acts. Yeah, I, d I dug into the book mm. of Acts a little bit and I did something for our staff where I began just in the first few chapters of the book of Acts and some of those summary verses to look at here's, here's parts of these um, this story of the church being born and yeah, being yeah. full of the spirit where the church is clearly attractional but then there's these other moments where the church is clearly communal and also where the church is absolutely intimate mm. and uh, you know i did a, a little table a little grid that mm. um you know lots of people have, have said it's been really helpful so you know things like on the attraction or they were signs and wonders yeah three thousand people are added on mm. the day of pentecost and then it says a few days later there's now five thousand men mm. they met in you know solomon's colonnade yeah, yeah, yeah. so they're out in the op yeah. open jesus says to them you receive power and you will be my witnesses yeah. you know you're going to go out um crowds are mentioned often and then there's even through the baptism of the holy spirit there's this relevance because the crowds say as they're speaking in tongues filled with the holy spirit the crowds say we hear them mm, yeah. declaring the wonders of god in our own language mm. and so the holy spirit the first thing the holy spirit does is makes them make them relevant makes the message understandable mm. for the people who are in, in that context yeah, in that moment 
and the nations that are around. So there's all this at attractional element mm. just in the, uh, you know, the early church. The Lord's adding daily, the scriptures say, to the mm. church, those who are being saved. There's something something going on. But then there's this communal aspects of the church as well. They devote themselves to the apostles' teaching. They break bread from house to house. They, you know, it says in Acts 2, doesn't it, 42, that they devoted themselves to apostles' teaching and breaking of bread to yeah. fellowship and to prayer. There's this community aspect mm. going on in in the life of the church. It, it talks about how they shared things in common. Mm. They, no one had needs because yeah. they, were, they were sharing amongst them. They were giving. And then you know, the thing I loved about that experience of them receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there's 120 of them mm. all get filled with the Spirit, all speak in tongues. It's a communal, you know, it's a communal experience yeah. where they all in that moment are filled together. Mm. Um, but then they've got not just got the attractional and the communal, you've also got the intimate mm. where individual needs are being met where individuals are selling property and bringing the money to the apostles' feet. I mean, imagine mm. what is going on intimately in the heart of a person yeah. who decides, I'm going to sell these properties sure. and I'm just going to give it all, yeah. you know, to the work of God mm. in this in this moment. There's generosity. I mean, there's, mm. there's Barnabas. And then coming back again to the baptism in the Holy Spirit, says they were all filled and spoke with other tongues, mm. but then it says tongues of fire. Mm rested on each of them so it was communal but it was personal yeah it was intimate as well so as i read through those early chapters i, I for me i could see all three mm. i could see attractional and so i kind of to our staff i've said we want to be as an attractional as we can be mm. we want to ride that you know baby as far and as fast as we can and spend as much money on that as we're able but we also want to be as communal mm. as we can be we want to ride that baby as far and as fast as we can and and uh, a baby might not be the right word, but it's helping me uh, <laughs> yeah, articulate yeah, it yeah, yeah, and right. spend as much money on being yeah, communal as we can. And yeah. we want to be intimate. We want to see yeah. the intimate yeah. work of discipleship, yeah. of, of groups and individual transformation. And mm. we want to ride that as far and as fast as we can and spend as much money as we need to yeah. on that as well. So for me, um, I, I've quoted the Queen, not Queen Elizabeth, um, who recently passed away but the rock band queen and they said i want it all yeah yeah and i want it now but so it, it's that sense of it's uh i'm not making light of it but that sense for me that it's all ours mm. Mm. Let, let's not polarize certainly let's not dismiss other people yeah. who might have a different emphasis let's celebrate celebrate our, our diversity let's celebrate our individual callings and our unique Mm. contexts and, and positions but actually let's let's realize that it's all ours mm. it, it's all ours yeah i mean uh, it's really powerful for our our staff and our team to go through that because i guess um like you said right at the start we can have this either or mentality we can have these big swings and yeah. we you know i think um lockdown covid all of that emphasized a lot of those and um, did that. So, so just thinking on that, how do you think church leaders can begin to apply that in their setting? What would be maybe some steps or some things that they could begin to do? Well, I think first of all, to have a real clarity around the vision that you see for the church, mm. real clarity. 
the church, the church I see, mm. um, uh, or the church God's God sees us becoming, and and follow that with a passion. And mm. if that's an emphasis in this moment, in this season, in these next five years, for the church to not be embarrassed about that, to not be uncomfortable with that, and even as I'm saying, mm. you know, we should focus on everything. If if someone feels we we really feel you know, called to develop mm. the discipleship side of our church right yeah. now. I want to celebrate that. Yeah. Go for it. Give yes. it everything. Emphasize. Take that step. You yeah. know, you, and when you take a step, you shift weight. Mm. Yeah. But the whole body comes with you. You take everything else with you, mm. but you do shift weight. And so shift emphasis and 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 go for that. So I think church leaders can do that. But we don't have to. We have a saying in the UK, don't we? Throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. And also celebrate others. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, the biggest sadnesses for me, the biggest tensions were, I really felt that the way some people were communicating it was, if you're not hearing this communal, message. this yeah. message that we're saying, and I think everybody was hearing stuff around discipleship, but if you're not hearing it as we're hearing it, and if you're not taking the the, the steps, the radical steps mm. that we're taking, you've missed the Holy Spirit. Mm. And I really disliked that, and because I, I don't think that's helpful mm. to the church at all. I don't think it's helpful for pastors. I don't think it's helpful when we go on social media. And we're not just getting a message, a positive message about what God is calling Mm. you know a, an individual or a church or a community or even a network to do but we get a message where that is communicated through the lens of and if you're not hearing it you've missed it yeah because yeah. uh, this is what the spirit is saying mm. and he's not saying anything else absolutely so i that's the that my encouragement to church to church leaders is first of all celebrate everything that's going on mm. and celebrate what god's calling people to do where you see the spirit at work, you know, let's ce celebrate that together and celebrate people's passion, celebrate people's calling, celebrate people's steps that they're taking mm. to pursue God. And and do that, you, you know, do that yourself. Be confident and clear about what God yeah. wants mm. you to do um, and, um, and take those steps. Mm. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. I guess uh, people can connect with you, Instagram, at Paul Benger. Yeah. Uh, that's the best way for people best, to connect. Yeah, best way. Yeah. Or Benji. Yeah. Great. Well, that's been a wrap. It's awesome. been great to be together on this episode of the Church Explained podcast. Thanks for listening. And if you could rate, review, share, subscribe, wherever you're uh, listening to this content, then uh, please do that. Also, don't forget to head on over to icon.church forward slash open and uh, you can get access to loads of free content. Let me just say that before Go. we wrap up now, I can't open. We're having so many people hit the website. Fantastic. Great. Like just to let listeners know, like since it's launched last year, we've had probably over 55,000 people or leaders Fantastic. looking wow. for content. So you could be one of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's loads of free content out there and loads of stuff uh, for you and your church. But that's it for now. That's it. It's been great to be together and we'll see you next time on the Church Explained podcast. Brilliant.